Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. My name is Lauren Ringel, and I am the Regional Implementation Team and Multi-Tiered Systems of Support Coordinator. It's my pleasure today to be talking with Natalie Cantrell, the K-12 Behavior Coach for Lansing Public Schools. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks for meeting with me. Thank you for having me. So in education, we are tasked with, as you know, implementing state mandates, evidence-based practices, curriculum resources, social and emotional resources, strategies, technology, and the list can go on and on. At the end of the day, we are looking to continuously improve outcomes for all of our students and staff that we serve. So based on your experiences, what factors contribute to strong implementation of initiatives or practices um, that, that you've implemented and, and what does that success feel like? Well, I think that one of the most important factors for having success is having buy-in with all stakeholders. That's huge. And when I say stakeholders, I'm not just talking about your staff here at school, but I'm talking about the students and um, parents as well. Um, and, and understanding what that progress looks like. So, you know, here in Alanson, we're sharing survey information with our students and parents as well. And we're getting feedback from all those stakeholders is also, and I, I think it's great when everyone's on the same page. So that is one area where I feel like Alanson has had a lot of success with the PBIS systems. Great. Have you ever had times where implementing something feels like it's not going well or didn't go well? And if so, why do you think that was? Yes, I do think that there's been some occasions um, as a team where we really felt like, not that you're getting stuck in the weeds, but there's other factors that make processes go a little bit more slow than you'd mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to revisit your whys and like, mm. why do we start this system to begin with? And, and what is our focus? What is our purpose of this work? Um, I know that when we started PBIS six years ago, mm-hmm. one of the pieces of the data was like how safe or the lack thereof students were feeling here at school. And I, I think that that really motivated us to move in this direction and you know, since then, as we revisit stakeholders with our surveys, that has changed. So I, I know that we're doing something correctly, and, and we're moving in the right direction. So that occasionally, you have to just revisit those whys. For yeah, sure. drift happens <coughs> at, mm-hmm. I, with with every. Doesn't matter what initiative you're mm-hmm. you're implementing. And I love that you talk about you know so, focusing it back on the students mm-hmm. and making sure that. Um, it's connected in that way, and and um, I just think that's that's really important to to revisit the expectations and purpose and reground yourself in the work. Um, so, we you talked about some things that are are helpful to have. What is it? What is it? Um, what impacts do you see when there's poor implementation or there's components missing in your experience? So. I know for our team, the last leg of our implementation, so when we were looking at tier two and tier three, Mm -hmm. it was during COVID. Yeah. And it made it so difficult. So as a team, we made a decision to take a pause on learning new information and really hitting home on that tier one supports and that tier one system to make sure that we were doing everything in our power to, to excel in that area. And then we were gradually adding some of those tier two things, but it's best 
to make sure that you're doing things really well mm. instead of doing everything all at once and then you're not necessarily doing all those pieces correctly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there were so many unknowns during that time frame. Sure. And we didn't want it to negatively impact our system overall. So we, we wanted to make sure that those tier one supports were spot on. Yeah, so things that out of are out of your control mm-hmm. can definitely impact imp- implementation. And it sounds like your team took an approach of do less better mm-hmm. and really knowing that with all of these other factors that were coming in that were unknown, mm-hmm. making sure that you are grounded in, in the work of, of Tier 1 PBIS and, right. and doing that really well. And, and Tier 2 had started, our implementation had started before COVID, but we were still working on specific interventions mm-hmm. that we wanted to do, and there wasn't the fidelity pieces built in yet. Yep. So taking our time with those to make sure that we were doing it right was just very crucial. And I'm sure reading system. the staff, because it's that absolutely. was a huge burden to carry mm-hmm. for, for education in mm-hmm. general. So And our being school responsive. looked very different. We had s- several students that were learning um, doing some distance learning, learning yeah, at home. Right. And, you know, when we had closures and such due to illness, like it, it, it looked very different. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> responding to that, it doesn't sound like a poor implementation. No. It, what, what happened right. is really you responded to what was exactly. going on. So, so that's, that's great. I think it's important. Like when you're looking at systems, although you want to have goals and an agenda of how you want things to roll out, it's not always going to look like that. And yeah. even though that I say that was a negative, it really wasn't a negative thing, um, but it, we didn't necessarily meet our initial goal of having Tier 3 implemented by a certain time. Yeah. So but flexibility, it, yes, adaptability is, is the name of the game. Yes. Research indicates that having teams um, that oversee the implementation efforts to increase... Uh, to increase positive outcomes for students makes a substantial difference. Matter of fact, 15% of improved outcomes of over 17 years versus 80% of improved outcomes over three to five years when teams are existence. I know that you have a team, a PBIS team in Alanson. Can you talk about what that team has, has done and why that's been important for the, the work to progress? You know, um, we have had PBIS here in Alanson for over six years. I think we went to our initial training seven years ago in May. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I remember. Um, so I really enjoy looking at like our data. We use Swiss for our behavior data mm-hmm. and focusing on what groups of students need, what individual students need, and like what are some of these trends that we're seeing school wide to revisit back to like our tier one systems, like what are we missing? Maybe something needs to be retaught or taught differently. And I see a tremendous difference and increase in positive outcomes from students. Like, and staff and student relationships are so important. And I think that this system helps foster those relationships. That's that's amazing. I mean, there's tons of research out there Mm -hmm. about the relationship of, of, and how that impacts student achievement Mm -hmm. with with um, an adult in the, district so that's that's great well in addition to like tier one supports that we already have had in place i love experiences where now we're at a point where we can really empower kids um after completing a recent data review um, our team decided that after teaching specific lessons around respect which was an area of that we were seeing come up through our classroom pbis 
um, to give some high school students an opportunity to recognize their teachers and support staff. That's when great. They were seeing adults being respectful to students, not necessarily them, but it could be a peer, just like what staff members do when students earn tickets. Um, and we have like a weekly drawing where yeah. they're recognized on the PA system and like the students, we've worked really hard on um, giving specific feedback from mm. staff to students. Mm-hmm. So we've encouraged students to do the same thing. Great. And, and it is such a positive response when um, students are giving that positive feedback to staff too. And it just yeah. really helps foster those relationships. Wow, that's really cool that you guys kind of flipped yeah. the script yeah, with a little bit. It's something that we have tried this, this spring and I foresee it continuing. I'm sure that's really motivating like intrinsically for staff too it is especially it's, this time of year yeah. as you're creeping into testing season mm-hmm. and pe- the spring fever is going on mm-hmm. and that's that's great yeah it's very fun i love it <clears throat> um so you've talked a little bit about this but is there anything um that you want to add since the beginning i mean you have been implementing pbis for several years now and but what has made that team successful over time to be able to sustain it So our leadership team consists of general education teachers, both in elementary, middle school, and high school, a special education teacher, our guidance counselor, our RTR coordinator, our superintendent, as well as myself, our Mm -hmm. behavior coach. So team members, we have, we meet monthly, and we have one team that serves as our tier one team, as well as our tier two and three team. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, we have our meetings are a little bit longer, but we have an agenda every month where we have a certain amount of time blocked for tier one and then a certain amount of time blocked for tier two and three so that we make sure that our systems stay in place accordingly but also so we can do the work um a little bit more efficiently yeah like over the years i think that we focus more of our time on the tier two and tier three but we're always revisiting tier one sure sure yeah that's that's in a small district you you guys have to wear many hats yeah, exactly. right and you've of made course. it work in alignment because um, a lot of them in bigger districts have those teams be separated but mm-hmm. and there's pros and cons to that I'm sure that alignment piece is really there's a straight through line with, mm-hmm. with being in one team but it, it does mm-hmm. and we meet monthly yeah um, and now our tier three teams when I say teams, I'm referring to our system team. Sure. Tier three, we don't all attend like tier three meetings for a specific student. Sure. There are some carryover, like myself and um, with our superintendent, but for the most part, that's not the case. But yeah. we are able to report back to our system team like what's working. And the system team is going to make sure that the plans that are in place are are working with fidelity. Yeah, that's great. It's also great that you have um, administrative support. Absolutely, that's a huge. That's a huge component. Absolutely. So the word systems, you, you've mentioned it, I've mentioned mm-hmm. it, and in our conversation so far, it comes up a lot in different contexts in education and quite frankly, like our expanded world. I recently shared an experience from my classroom because we, we've we talked in a, in a podcast around um, systems for going from the classroom up, up kind of the level of cascade mm-hmm. to a school level or to a grade level, a school level, ISD, and kind of beyond. Um, what are some examples of systems or processes that you experience on a daily basis? Not only, maybe not only with PBIS, but other things that you're seeing in the school system. Well, I think like I, 
I, working with PBIS specifically, mm-hmm. um, like our staff has like a PBIS go-to manual and there's like how-tos oh, yeah. in each of these areas. It's, it's split up into three different tiers. Mm-hmm. Like this is what you do in tier one. This is what our systems look like in tier two and tier three. So they are aware of like what the team has developed but also there's information in there of like what a staff member would need like there's a how-to like when you're writing a referral there's step-by-step directions oh, and that's great who you send it to and what you know what are the steps that need to be taken there there's a behavior matrix in there there are lesson plans for teaching expectations throughout our building um, and I personally use the behavior matrix often but I also use the big six questions which oh. is part of our RTR okay so when I'm meeting with a student like going through just those questions a lot of times it will help de-escalate a student it will let them have a voice mm-hmm. and hopefully help get them to class a little bit quicker yeah right <laughs> but, right um what are the can you you don't have to list all six but what are some examples of this basically questions? you're giving the student a chance to identify like what their behavior is okay what what they want to happen what what's going to happen if this behavior continues like you're putting their voice there like so they can verbalize what they want to happen gotcha so they're taking some ownership Mm -hmm. over what happens Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those conversations will help lead next steps yes if a basic need isn't being met or if you know there's another situation where this student may need to talk to someone else further like that those conversations usually help yeah great so you can connect it where it needs to be connected that's Mm -hmm. great um leadership teams are at the isd um as we're trying to implement them are really trying to promote strong collaboration communication and consistency um you know if you if you were to look at systems in your daily work how do those do those kind of key points come into play and when and how do you see that you know I actually have a really great example of where this fits awesome. in so um I I'm our person who kind of does the legwork for our data review for okay. PBIS mm-hmm. um so after I was doing the legwork I reached out to um Kelly Rogers mm-hmm. and Jesse Madden yeah and I was just saying, this is what I'm seeing in this data. So before I re- reach out to the team, like, can we meet? I, there's some things I want to talk about. You know, we've had um, a turnover in staff. Yeah. <clears throat> so since in the six years of time that we've sure. been doing PBIS, so yes. some of the things that we taught early on with our staff, mm-hmm. our new staff doesn't have. Right. So then how do you get that information to everybody? Yes. And it doesn't hurt to revisit some of those things either. So Sure. After sitting down with Kelly and Jesse, um, we were able to come up with kind of an agenda for a staff-wide PD oh. to revamp some of this. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> I just, I love that I felt heard. I love that it coincided with my data for my district. Yeah. It wasn't blanketed. It was very specific to our needs, which I love. Um, I also had an opportunity to join the leadership team when we went to um, the leadership forum for PBIS oh, in yeah, Chicago. Oh, yeah, Chicago. Um, th- that was amazing. That was such a great experience. I was so glad to, like, someone to say, hey, yeah. you should come with us. It'll yes, be fun. Yes, um, I learned so much, uh, but it was great to talk and troubleshoot ideas that I had for our district that were from a different 
to get a different viewpoint mm-hmm. from the ISD level, um, or they've worked in other districts bes- yeah. besides Alanson, and they're sure. like, this is what this school does, or this is what this school does, or put me in connection with another behavior coach at another building. Uh, I just think that that's valuable. I know that we meet three times a year mm-hmm. via Zoom. Mm-hmm. All of us behavior coaches do. Yes. And it's really nice to be able to say, um, you know, I did this and I noticed this in my walkthrough this time. Mm-hmm. And this is what was going on. Or um, I'm noticing this ba- behavior here in my building. What do you guys do to prevent this? Or I, I need another... Um, support for a student that's avoiding a task like it's mm-hmm. just it's really nice to have that network yeah and to, to be able to troubleshoot and share ideas um and that's, say what's working well and what's not or like what are you running into bumps with with data reviews or mm-hmm. tfis um so it's, yeah it sounds like that network of support is really beneficial to yes. you and, and probably you know, sometimes you can get into a, where you feel a little bit isolated mm-hmm. when like, is this us, just us or like what, what is happening? And those connections maybe help to, to bring more of a community together. Well, and when we were initially starting this whole system, yes, being able to go through a cohort with neighboring districts that were like our size mm-hmm. and say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing and sharing some resources and to make it your own. Right. It would have taken us forever to create some of that stuff individually, but because there was such a great collaboration between districts, um, and we're all on the same page, mm-hmm. like, th- that was so beneficial and helpful. And That's awesome. Sharem, you know, they collaborated all of that. Yeah. They made that yeah. all happen. So well, that's that's good that you feel supported and good feedback for for the ISD organization mm-hmm. too um, as we continue this work because mm-hmm. you know our goal is to keep keep bringing schools on and um, have this apply to other areas of of content throughout um, the educational system. So, great. Awesome. Um, so, is there anything else that you'd like to add that maybe we haven't talked about that you want to highlight of, you know, the, the work that you've been doing the past several years? Well, you know, Alanson being a K-12 building, it's very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be very difficult to do similar things in your middle school and high school that you're doing in your elementary Mm. building. So we did start um, out of the gate. Like we, we weren't sure at first if we were going to do assemblies separately or together. Mm -hmm. Um, The feedback that we get from students is that they do like it together. They do like to feel like this is a K-12 school. Mm. They like that family. Yeah. The, the little kids look up to the big kids. The big kids can't wait to see the little kids. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, right, right. There is a good camaraderie there. So I'm really glad that we do K-12 assemblies. I'm yeah. really glad that there's that. Rewards and such might look differently with grade levels, sure, obviously. absolutely. But I'm glad that there's that sense of community in our building. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it, you, it sounds like throughout this interview, you have brought up student voice and student-centered processes throughout. Mm-hmm. Alanson does a great job, it sounds like, of, of really um, bringing the students into, into PBIS and, and having them own part of it, too. And I will say that that was not something that was easy to do right away. 
it's very important to have that system in place first mm. and get your staff bought mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, and actually, the student voice came up at that PBIS leadership oh, forum. I yeah. went to a couple sessions about that, and I was it was very inspiring. Where I was like, you know, I I want to see this here. I want to start using some of the survey information to what students are saying they need and want to make this <clears throat> a better environment for everyone. Yeah, that's great. That's so encouraging, Natalie. You guys are doing great work in Alliance, and I appreciate you talking um, to me today and highlighting some of the awesome things that you are doing. So, Thank you. Yeah, great talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.